Well, hey, Grace Church, Medina's campus, welcome. Thank you for tuning in, whether you are online um, or joining us during a, one of our weekend services. We're so glad you're here. My name is Steve, and I just had to say real quick, it's, it's a rainy day today when we're filming. So if you hear some rumblings, it's, it's not my stomach or anything, I don't think, um, but you're, you might hear some rain and some thunder. It's actually kind of soothing for me. So this is great, this is actually perfect. Um, but yeah, I'm Steve and um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited uh, to be able to have this conversation with you this weekend, this conversation that we're continuing in what we've been calling recalibrate. Okay, so I, I'm excited about this conversation because honestly, today this conversation is one that is just one of my favorites, okay? So you'll see here in a moment that this is definitely one of my favorite conversations to have. Um, also, you know, one of the reasons we've been doing this uh, series, this uh, series in Recalibrate is because we have all been in one way or another forced to kind of pause and rethink and recalibrate our lives in this current season that we find ourselves in um, to make adjustments in our lives. Likely, um, all of you, uh, much like myself, have had to make um, certain adjustments in our lives and things that we had to pause, things that got disrupted in some way or another. And so what a great time to look at Jesus and his teachings and say, man, how can this one person, how can the scripture really help us recalibrate our lives in a different way? So to kind of kick off this conversation that we'll be having this weekend, uh, I just want to pose a few questions to you right off the bat. And so those questions, and, and I know it's the weekend and maybe some of us um, aren't going to be interested in wanting to talk about work, but just bear with me. I'm going to talk about your work here for just a second. And um, here's a few questions here. Ready? Do you know your employer's mission statement? Okay. Do you know your employer's mission, why they exist, why they are doing what they are doing? And follow-up questions. Um, if you don't know, then, then why not? If you don't know your employer's mission statement, why not? Um, maybe you have forgotten. Maybe uh, your employer uh, doesn't really talk about it. Maybe they actually don't even have a mission statement. And then another follow-up question is, if you do know the mission statement, does it actually affect your work and how you interact with your role at your job? Even more, does it actually uh, even affect how you live your actual life? Would it affect how you live your actual life? See, as an, as an effective employee, um, they, they know their company's mission statement and they try to reorient themselves to accomplishing that mission. See, when I worked at Apple, for example, um, some of you know that I've worked for Apple, and I remember um, the mission, at least at the time, uh, I think from Tim Cook, was something along the lines of bringing the best user experience to its customers uh, through its innovation in hardware, software, and services. So even being on the retail side of things, this was a huge focus and statement for us that we would recalibrate how we provided uh, service directly to our customers and how I would interact with my role at my job. Now, this, this may not be the case for all of you, but I know for me, uh, the mission <laughs> that I had at Apple, it actually most often uh, extended outside of my job as well. Um, some of you may even uh, still hear me bringing the mission of Apple to others, and so uh, even without getting a paycheck from them, right? Um, so what I wanna bring up here is that a lot of us, if we are honest, we, we can tend to 
forget or be sidetracked um, of, from the mission. Maybe because of the, all the tasks that we have, the daily tasks that we have at hand. Um, a, a lot of us, if we're honest, we probably don't bring the mission outside of our workplace. Maybe you have uh, a workplace where it wouldn't make sense for you to do that or you just don't involve that into your actual life. And if we are really honest, what I really wanna get at here is that maybe for a lot of us, we do the same thing with Jesus's mission. So let me ask these follow-up questions then here. So let's get practical. Let's get practical when it comes to Jesus and his mission. This is what I wanna ask you. Do you know Jesus's mission? Do you know his mission? And if you don't know it, why not? Why don't we know that mission? And if you do know the mission of Jesus, Jesus' mission, does it affect how you live your actual life? Okay, so even if you need to pause, if you're, if you're watching this online or maybe you've brought notes to take, if you're jotting down notes, just think about that for a second. Do you know his mission, Jesus' mission? If not, why not? And if you do know it, does it actually affect your, like, your whole life, your actual life? See, today what we're going to be talking about um, and what I get really excited about talking about is recalibrating our lives to Jesus' mission. So to be on Jesus' mission. We were saying that we need to be on Jesus's mission. Now, I know when we say that, there's probably several responses that we can have about, okay, what is Jesus's mission? See, we can go to places like, well, Jesus clearly said in Luke 19.10 that he came to seek and to save uh, the lost. We know that he um, came to die on the cross for the sins of all humanity so that whoever would believe in him would have a uh, right relationship with God and eternal life. And we can look at those and be like, well, mission's accomplished, right? <laughs> Jesus' mission is finished. He accomplished it. He did that. But the question is for us, for those who are followers of Jesus, um, what is our mission in following Jesus? Well, I often like to sum it, sum it up in this way. To be on Jesus' mission is to, what? It's to love God, love others, and make disciples. If you've heard me teach before in, in life group or, or other things, you, you know that this is basically, basically my conclusion to anything. So that's why I'm excited about today. <laughs> and what's really cool though is we, we actually kind of already covered this part. So this whole idea of, of Matthew 22, 34 to 40, um, both in loving God and loving others. You know, we can go to that scripture, but Pastor Seth, he did this last week. He did this really well last week. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to him, I would just encourage you, even if you're online, just pause this, go back and listen to last week. He'll catch you up in this conversation. But this is where we see that part, the great command, um, where it says, love the Lord your God, and then to also love your neighbors. Okay, so great. If you want more about that, you can check out last week. But today, for our conversation, we're going to definitely be talking about this part here about making disciples. Okay, I think we can sum up Jesus' mission this way. Love God, love others, make disciples. And specifically today, we're going to talk about making disciples. So, of course, that leads us. There's other places we can go. But Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, and it goes like this. And Jesus came and said to them, he's talking to his disciples, people that are following him, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Okay, so 
you may have heard this before, and if you've been to Medina East, you may be even tired of us bringing this up, but we're just going to always bring it up because this is something that is so crucial to Jesus's mission. But maybe you haven't heard this in a while. Let me just catch us up to speed here of some things that are really important for us to be reminded of, okay? Jesus, he, he just, just before this, he, he rose from the dead. Um, Jesus is about to ascend back into heaven for an undefined amount of time. And what does he do? He says, hey, I have all authority. <laughs> Therefore, finish the work that I started. Do what I did when I was with you, disciples, and pass that on to other disciples. Go and make disciples. Make sure that you go and do something about this. Baptize people. Teach people, all that you have observed that I've commanded you to do. And behold, I will be with you always to the end of age. And I love this. <laughs> One of the parts that we're going to focus on first here is that he is talking about it's in his authority and it's for all people. Okay, so we'll get to the rest of the passage here uh, as we progress. But I do want to focus on this authority part where he says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So to be on Jesus's mission, we have to take a step back and we have to look at our own hearts and at our own minds and at our actions. See, do, we, have to, we have to ask ourselves that question of, do I believe in Jesus's mission? Do I live out Jesus's mission? Or do I not believe in this? Or do I, maybe do I mask my own mission as the mission of Jesus? And see, I ask these questions because, um, honestly, most of us, we live and breathe in kind of a, a me-centric mentality of what do I want? What are my needs? What is my personality type? What is my personal mission statement? What does Jesus want for me and for my life? And now I'm not saying that that's all bad. I think um, a lot of that is actually very necessary to talk through and to discover. Um, but these questions, um, if we don't go past kind of ourselves, then that becomes the issue. When we can't see past our own selves, we easily veer away from the mission of Jesus. And so to kind of talk about this point in that, I want to bring up something here. Um, so I don't know if, have you ever heard of the game Capture the Flag? Okay, so maybe you've heard of the game Capture the Flag. Let me just use this as an example. Okay, bear with me here. When is, by the way, when is the last time that you played Capture the Flag? Um, honestly, I can't remember um, other than, and you're going to laugh at me here, but I think the last time I played Capture the Flag was probably on a video game, Call of Duty. But anyways, I think we'll get the point here, okay? I know that there is a main point or a main mission about Capture the Flag, okay? I know what that is. And in fact, if I had an audience here, I would ask, but maybe I still will, because there is a camera guy. So what is the mission of Capture the Flag? I didn't tell you that I was gonna ask you this, but do you know the mission of Capture the Flag? Capture the Flag. To capture the flag, thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that is the mission of Capture the Flag. Okay, so easy enough, we got it. That, that's the mission. You can, there, there's other rules too. Like you can tag people to freeze them. However you play capture the flag, I don't know, but you can tag people, you can freeze them. You can put them into a jail space or something like that to help you capture the flag. But the mission is, the main mission is that you need to capture the flag. You have one job, capture the flag. Work together as a team and capture it and make sure that no one captures your flag in the meantime, okay? Now, hear me out here. What if one of the players says, you guys, you guys keep uh, focusing on trying to capture the flag. 
I'm actually just gonna play hide and seek now. That's what I'm gonna do, okay? And so obviously it's like, what? <laughs> like we're playing capture the flag. And so that person just became ineffective in the mission. Or like, I know you're playing capture the flag, but I'm gonna play hide and seek. Or take this, for example. What if your entire team just decided, you know what? Capture the flag seems boring. We, we, we just, whenever we play this game, that's, all, that's what it's all about. Let's just play tag and forget about capturing the flag, okay? Well, okay, great. You actually, like I said, you, you do need to tag people. That's part of a strategy for capture the flag. But at some point, you gotta capture the flag or you're just not gonna play the game anymore. You're not playing capture the flag anymore. You're not fulfilling that mission. So, but <laughs> it turns into playing, if it turns into playing, capture, uh, playing tag instead, then you lose sight of the mission. Okay, so that might be a silly analogy and I don't know, I, I'm not the best at analogies, but hopefully it works here. Well, the, the thing that I'm getting at, the point is that we can easily, just like in that kind of analogy and scenario, we can easily veer away from Jesus's mission ourselves by coming up with our own mission, losing track of Jesus's mission. So as followers of Jesus, uh, we can't just decide that the, the mission is not for me or that we're just not going to listen to that part like, okay, love God, love others, make disciples. Ah, I don't know. Maybe that was for the, the original disciples, not for me. Maybe that's for the, the outgoing person, the, the, the more charismatic person. Maybe actually that just seems like for the people on staff, for the, the pastors, the, those that went to seminary or are good at uh, knowing and reading the Bible. It, it has to be for those people, not for me. That's not my mission. See, we can easily veer away from that. And Jesus says, all authority. Okay, he's raised from the dead and said, you have one job. <laughs> Here it is. Make disciples. Make disciples. And I really want to hone in on this authority part. There's this, this concept of, in the scripture, you'll see this concept of the potter and the clay. And for some reason, this, this concept has just kept coming back to me as I've been studying, as I've been going through God's word and praying about this message. This one concept just keeps coming back to me and I can't shake it. So I need to talk to you about it. <laughs> it's just been personally convicting. It's been encouraging and clarifying as well to me. So I'm going to take us to Isaiah 29 for a second here and just read this. I love this. Isaiah 29 verse 16 says, and I'll, I'll talk about what this means in a second, but he says this, you turn things upside down. Shall the potter be regarded as the clay that the thing made should say of its maker? He did not make me or the thing formed say of him who formed it. He has no understanding. Okay. So here's what's going on here. Isaiah here. Uh, it, by the way, this, this conversation is pointed at people who just a couple of verses before this says um, these people uh, who honor God with their lips, but not their hearts um, are far from me. Okay. And so these are the people that are like, oh yeah, Jesus is cool. Um, but I don't really participate uh, for real in the mission or what's going on. Okay. So the response to that is you have it all backwards. Uh, you, you turn things upside down. God is the potter. He is the creator, the molder of you and of me, the clay. We are his design under his creativity and authority for followers of Jesus. Should we then say, ah, oh, yeah, he's not really in charge of this part of my life or that part of my life. He doesn't really know what's uh, best for me. I make my own way. I make my own mission, right? Yet I do this 
all the time. I find myself doing this all the time. Maybe you do too. I make my own plans, my own mission, and have my own needs, wants, and desires. And at some point, I lose sight of the mission. And again, like I think we should have our, our own things that God is talking to us about what we ought to do, but we also have a mission that is straight from Jesus. So to use our language in this series, I need recalibrated, right? But not just recalibrated by myself or in my own power. I need Jesus to recalibrate me, to get me back to his design, to his authority, to be molded and shaped by him and his mission, right? his creativity and his mission. So that's the authority part. And this, this might be a good question to ask ourselves, and even if you need to pause and think about this part here. Do you, do I, do you view yourself, do I view myself as the potter or as the clay? All right. So next up, there's a few other points that I want to get here through this passage um, in Matthew 28. And so this next part here that we're going to highlight, because we're, we're just going right through this passage. He just got done saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We talked about that. Now he's saying, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is like one of the main parts of this scripture. Make disciples and it's of all nations. Okay, I want to focus in on something here. Um, Jesus states that we need to make disciples of all nations, and nations here, uh, it doesn't mean something uh, political like a country or anything like that. Um, those things kind of just fade away. He's talking about something much more than that. He's talking about people. So you could even say make disciples of all people, of all different types of people, of all people groups, okay? And I think even going a step further from people groups here, um, think about it this way. We need to know that we are to make disciples of all people, okay? Not just people that are just like you, that are just like me, um, that share the same kind of views as I do, opinions as I do, skin color as I do, people that agree with the things that I agree with. See, this is all people, all right? Let me, let me kind of address it this way, all right? I'm gonna, take a look, I'm gonna have us take a look at um, various different types of people. So, check this out. People groups, there's people groups on this side. You have Caucasian, Latino, Hispanic, you have Christian, Muslim. You got different types of people. And this is not an exhaustive list, right? I'm just trying to get our mind going here. Rich, poor, left, right, man, woman, young, old, mask, no mask, Apple, Android, guns, no guns. These are the things we talk about. These are the things that separate us. And so what I want to do here is just to ask us, just to be honest. In some of these categories, if we're honest, we might rather pick one over the other of who is more like us, who is uh, easier to talk with or to maybe even use this language, make disciples of. So who would you pick and for what reason? And when we ask that question, this is the reason that I would even ask that question. We should pray about the result of our answers and our thinking and our hearts when we ask that or we answer that question that is being asked. Is there someone in your life that you would cut off from making disciples of because they are not like you, because they don't have the same opinion of that as you do? Or maybe there is someone that you would want to disciple precisely because you want them to have your opinion. 
And so those things are things that we need to have a heart check on, that we need to pray and think about as we are trying to engage in the mission of making disciples of all people. We need to check our heart here and our disciple making, and it needs to be focused on the person of Jesus and his authority, what he has for us to do in his kingdom. Okay, so um, what I love this. There's this book that I've been reading that's really got me thinking this way too. And it's really a book that I, I wish I could just sit here and read this book for you, but um, it's a book called Making Disciples. It's by Ralph Moore. I would encourage you to check it out. But kind of along these lines, he says this, disciple making begins when the Lord shows you who belongs in your life. And it could be Christian or non-Christian. Okay. It could be all different types of people, Christian, non-Christian disciple making can be viewed for both. It continues forward when you move into that person's life, heading toward an invitation to, to what? To imitate me, but it's just as I am imitating Christ. He goes on and says, by the way, that person may not be someone that you would choose on your own. You may not even like him or her. And this is where love your neighbor as yourself comes into play. This is where everything that Pastor Seth talked about last week comes into play. Loving God, loving others, and making disciples of all people, whether we like, like them or not, Christian or not Christian, um, and all those other things that we just listed out there. So I love this. It's, just, it's not just people like you. It's not just Christians. Uh, disciple making isn't just Christians huddling together, doing Christian things, being Christians together. Um, it's, it's those people that, it's those people that maybe not be like us. Um, you know, Pastor Seth talked about last week, it's your neighbor, people in proximity of your life. Okay, so that poses a question, at least for me, well, well who do I make disciples of then, okay? I, I'd like to get really practical in this, um, some of these things now. And I wanna kinda just show you this, um, this is actually just a screenshot right on our webpage, um, our disciple-making webpage. If you look up our website, you can find under Give It Away, you'll find disciple-making, and it talks about this. So I just wanna talk about this. If we're kinda wondering like, well, okay, I know we had the conversation last week about our neighbor, but who do I make disciples of? Let me just help us like open up our minds here of some people that as I search through scripture, these are kind of the categories of people that I feel like we could really be intentional with that are in our lives that we can make disciples of. This first one, neighbors. Okay, like I said, we talked about it. We all have neighbors living in proximity of our home and daily lives. These are the neighbors that Jesus wants us to share the gospel with. The people that are in proximity of you. It could be just right across the street or right next door, your neighbor, whomever that might be. New believers. The church is to actively help with the growth of new believers with their relationship to Jesus and others. Do you know, or maybe you've led somebody to Christ. Are you discipling them? You can make disciples of them. Do you know of other people? Can you be intentional about thinking about other people in the church that you know who have just became a believer in Christ? And those people, we need to disciple them. We need to share with them and show them the way of Jesus. In our family, there's no greater ministry or responsibility than to teach and model the way of Jesus to your children. And if you don't have children, who in your family is someone that you can help kind of learn that, like, why do you do the things that you do? Why are you following after Jesus that way? Can you help them in that? And of course, we have Deuteronomy there as a passage. We talk, again, <laughs> I keep referencing Pastor Seth because I really liked his message last week, but he talked about that, the Shema. And so how can we disciple our children even or people in our family? 
and then generations. This is a conversation that we've been having as a campus. We, we have this whole campaign that we call Here We Go, and it's all centered around generations. And so, of course, this is a huge responsibility for those that are followers of Jesus. So I put it this way, the young and zealous always need the wisdom of the older generation to teach and to train younger men and women. Okay, so who is just a generation before you that we can be investing in intentionally, making disciples of? And Titus 2 is just a real good place to, to go and check this out. And then, of course, nations, all people. Okay, and what I have there is just whether overseas or within our own communities, Jesus' call is to make disciples of all people groups, okay? You don't have to just go overseas to meet people of different culture or, or ethnic or, or different people groups. There's all kinds of people groups, even in our own community in Medina and maybe near you and your home. And so if we're asking the question, who would I make disciples of? Would you just consider these, um, these different categories? Neighbors, new believers, family, generations, and nations. See, if you're a disciple, if you are a disciple of Jesus, you will make disciples of Jesus. Here's your target audience. It should involve anybody and anybody. It, it can be all people, whoever God has put in your life. Which one of these are in your daily, everyday path of life that you could begin discipling in? Think about that. Pray about those things. Well, at this point, um, I haven't really given out a, a definition of making disciples, of disciple making. We've talked through um, Jesus having a mission, love God, love others, make disciples, and his authority is in it, um, handing the mission over to those that are disciples of him. And we just talked about all, all the people, the, um, who are we supposed to reach out to, to all nations, to all people that God wants us to disciple. Well, let me now just kind of give you a definition of disciple making. I've seen a lot of definitions of disciple making, and there's a lot of different ways that you can go about it. This one, personally, as I was just praying through this, and um, those of you who don't know, like actually part of my role here at our campus is disciple making and missions. And so it's just stuff that I just love thinking about anyways. And so I was just praying about this this last week, and I came to this conclusion. What if disciple making was this? Every follower of Jesus committed to the mission of Jesus, to make disciples of Jesus, that make disciples of Jesus, through sharing your life of following Jesus with those who need Jesus. Okay, what I love about this is that there's a whole lot of Jesus here. <laughs> you get it? It's all about Jesus. There's a whole lot of every follower of Jesus to be committed to the mission of Jesus, to make disciples of Jesus that would then make more disciples of Jesus. And it's through sharing your life, your real life of what it looks like for you following Jesus. You're good and you're bad because <laughs> we're not perfect. And with those who need Jesus, which by the way, I would say that everybody needs Jesus, Christian or non-Christian. So there, there's a working definition that we can follow through on there. Now, I think the question is, so how do we do that? Okay, we're talking about the mission. We're talking about people that we could disciple. Can we get a little more practical? Can we talk about how does this look? And I'm glad you asked because I think it's right here still in Matthew 28. You'll see there's some things bolded here or highlighted in yellow. Go, baptize, teach. Let's just read it again. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing 
them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And you better believe I have another screenshot for you from our website, okay? So um, if you miss any of this, you can go to our website, like I said. So what does a disciple maker do? Okay, what does a disciple maker do? Well, like I just pointed out, I think it's this. I think it's go, baptize, and teach. And so go, let's talk about that. Whether we're going across the street to our neighbors or going across the seas to the nations, disciples of Jesus are called to make disciples as we go about our everyday lives. See, that go part doesn't have to be so scary to say, you mean to tell me that I need to go uh, across the ocean on a plane, especially now, across the ocean on a plane to reach people? Well, maybe. Yeah, for some of you, yeah, absolutely, for sure. But maybe for most of us, it's going across the street to our neighbor (laughs) and, and doing that and building that relationship, starting to have a conversation with the people that are in our community. At some point, you know, sometimes people will come to us, but at some point, we got to just go. We got to make the effort. We got to get up and go to our neighbor. We got to go to the person in our workplace or wherever it might be and start that conversation. And just, it could even just be friendship building, not for like some kind of like, ah, they, they said I got to make disciples. So, all right, I got to do this. Just build friendships with people. Baptize. Let's talk about that. As we start building relationships with others and they begin to establish their faith, hopefully, in Jesus, we can encourage them to make a physical and spiritual declaration with baptism. Yeah, one of the practical things that disciple makers can do is encourage those that, are, that you are discipling, believer and non-believer, um, to establish a faith in Jesus, to help them with that by building a relationship with them and encourage them to make that decision to get baptized, to make that spiritual and physical decision to say, I believe in this. I've heard, I've seen your lifestyle, good and bad. I've, I've heard from the scriptures. I put my faith and trust in Jesus. Well, let's show the church, let's show the world, let's get baptized, let's make that declaration. And then teach. Okay, some people get stumbled over teach. Let's talk about that. The command here um, to teach may seem overwhelming, but Jesus' command here is to learn and obey the teaching of Jesus with another person, allowing Jesus to be the ultimate teacher as we learn together from Him. Okay, this goes back to some of those pushbacks of, well, I don't know the Bible. See, this is for the pastor. This is for the guy who went through seminary or um, for the person who knows the Bible more. Well, okay, sure, maybe. But this is much more about observing and learning together about what Jesus has taught, about the things that he has commanded followers of Jesus to do. And so we're actually just getting the teaching from Jesus. We're just learning that together, okay? So that's what that's about. So what does a disciple maker do? They go, they baptize, and they teach. Here's the basics. I just, this, this all is good and it's from the scripture and I think this is what we're called to do as followers of Jesus and our mission. But the basics are this, just pray about it. Just pray about it. And even pray about, should someone disciple me? Or should I disciple someone? Who is around you that you can invest in in these ways? 
And when you finally get to investing in someone in a relationship, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or I definitely would encourage one-on-few, uh, a few of you investing in this and um, going over Jesus' teachings and figuring that out together, building that friendship that hopefully is pointing to a faith in Jesus. As you're doing that, um, believer and non-believer, by the way, as we're trying to help others become disciples and know Jesus, while you're doing that go part here, working on the baptism piece and teaching and learning together, follow this simple tool. Okay, here's a tool for you. Um, it's called Wrap, all right? And you better believe I got it from this book that I referenced. So um, I'm all about that book. Go read it. We'll talk about it. But he, he gives us this uh, really nice layout that I just really have enjoyed and I want to try to use just in my, um, as I disciple others, and it's review, apply, and pray. Seems simple. Go, baptize, teach, review, apply, and pray. Create a wrap out of it. There you go. And so this review piece is just this. Can you review some kind of material together? Okay, just review some type, some type of material together. If you need some uh, thoughts, like try the Bible. Try an E4 study, which is something that's on our website that has different teachings on there and companion uh, notes that you can get on with, okay? And so just review something. Uh, maybe it's a book about the Bible to help you learn more about the Bible. Um, whatever it is. It could be the weekend sermon. It could be this, this sermon right here. Um, review that with your one-on-one or your one-on-few. And then focus on applying it. you got to apply this stuff. It can't just be oh man, we got real into the Bible. We got real into this one thing. That was so great. All right, we'll see you next week, okay? No, like, how are you going to apply that to your life for real? How are you going to apply Jesus' mission to your life? We got to talk about that. We got to figure that out as we struggle with the things that we're reviewing, as we're wrestling with those things. How does it apply to my life for real? And something that I often say in this area is, what is God teaching you and what are you going to do about it? Okay, it's those two questions that unite. And then pray. Pray about things. Um, the, the guy in this book, he actually recommends not taking prayer requests. And he says that because hopefully if you go through the review and the apply, you're going to know what to pray for about people. If you're building relationships and investing in people, you're going to know, it's going to come out what you should be praying for as you're wrestling with the scriptures, wrestling with figuring out Jesus' mission and applying that to your life. You're going to know what to pray for. And so take these things to God. Um, ask him, have him help you with all of this. Okay, so I, I think that's all you need, honestly. And anyone can do this. Any follower of Jesus that is called to be on mission in this way can do this. Like my definition said, I think it's for every follower to consider. And this is for you. This is for me. I'll quote the guy from that book one last time, but I love it. He says this, and I think it's so applicable even to today and the season that we find ourselves in. We are called the church or called out ones. The gifts and callings of God apply to every member of the body of Christ. The greatest mistake we can make is to leave most of the work to a few of God's generals while the rest of us sit back and watch. Maybe an even worse mistake is to think that the church will make disciples through its many programs. Disciple making isn't about programs. It is always about personal relationships. I love what he's saying here. He's saying this is for everybody. It's, just not, it's not just for the select few, for those on staff, for, for the rest of us to see like, oh, that's cool. They're doing Jesus' mission. Wish I could do that. You can do this. It's for you. And it's about personal relationships. You know, and I know, we've, we've 
stopped a lot of our programs and events and things as, as a church. And so what I love about this, especially in the season, is it's not about the thing that we're going to do as a church or as a society or whatever to start something to help foster this. It has everything to do with us going across the street to our neighbor, us going overseas to visit with people of all nations, which are here or there. And it starts building that relationship that hopefully can lead to baptism and to teach and learn all of that together. And that's something that every single one of us can do. Okay, so the pushbacks that you might have there are, but I'm not social, I'm, I'm new to my faith, I'm, I'm not even sure I'm a Christian yet, or I don't know the Bible, what if I get rejected? And the response is, yeah, you probably will get rejected. <laughs> it is going to be hard. You're going to not know a lot of stuff in the Bible. I don't. I just got a seminary degree not too long ago, and I still don't know a ton. And so that's okay. We're going to figure this thing out together. It's about relationships. And then the other thing, the other thing that's really encouraging that we didn't mention um, specifically yet, but we need to in Matthew 28 is this. He says, I am with you always to the end of age. Okay, so Jesus is giving his promise that he is with you. He has given you authority to go do this. He's taught us how. He showed it to us. And he's saying that I am with you always. All right. So to close out here, I just want to address for the follower of Jesus. Can I just say, just get after it. Just try it. Okay. Look at who's around you. Look at the people that you can invest in because you are on Jesus's mission. Who can you invest in? Pray about that. Love God, love others, make disciples. That's my encouragement. Try these things out. My other encouragement, um, maybe you're, you're tuning in and uh, you're at one of our services or you're just catching us online. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're just investigating or someone sent you the link or invited you to come to the church and it seemed like a social thing to do. So glad you're here. So glad that you were watching this. And if I could, if I could just give you a challenge as well, Maybe you're just investigating. Maybe you actually don't even like this whole Christian Jesus thing anyways. But if you know someone who is a follower of Jesus, tell them to do their job. <laughs> I know it sounds a little brash, but tell them, like say, hey, I question them in the sense of like, and you know, hopefully do it respectfully, but say, hey, aren't you supposed to be making disciples? I've got questions. Can we talk about those questions? And so that's my, and that's my encouragement, my challenge for you. If you're investigating Jesus or if you don't know about this whole thing, find you, likely you know somebody who is a follower of Christ and say, hey, can we meet up? I have questions and I want to talk about them. And just learn, be teachable and learn and humble about, okay, this guy's trying to figure it out. I have questions. Let's learn about this together. So that's my challenge for you. And so for no matter where you're at or what you accept of my challenges here or not, I can guarantee you that if we engage, especially as a church, if we engage in personal disciple making, these building of relationships, um, being on Jesus's mission in this way, we will see life change. We're going to see it. We're going to see it in ourselves. I have. We're going to see it in other people. Um, and I have, and I've also seen it not happen. And so, yeah, it's going to be hard and frustrating, but I guarantee it, whether it's you or someone else, you are going to see life change when we are on Jesus's mission together to make disciples. Let's pray. Well, Jesus, you are so good. God, thank you. Thank you that you have given us a mission. Lord, thank you that you have accomplished your mission. God, that you have gone to the cross, that you have died for 
not just me, but anybody that would come to know you and to say, I'm going to follow after you, Jesus. And then you call us. You call those that would follow after you to go, therefore, and make disciples. God, I just see that as such a loving thing from you to say, hey, carry on this mission. It's for you to do. Do what I did when I was with you. And that was a mission back from when you talked verbally to the disciples in that day in Matthew 28, all the way to now to the disciples of this day. So God, thank you for that. God, I I just confess that I want so badly to just love you, love others, and make disciples. Help us, Lord. God, you said you would. You said you would be with us. And so there's going to be seasons where I do make disciples. There's going to be seasons when I don't. God, just encourage us knowing that, wow, we have a God who is with us, who loves us, and who has this mission for us. And we can just trust you in that. So I pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen.